Well, hello, church. Are we ready for the word? I hope so. Uh, it's been a great experience so far, this online gathering, and uh, first of many, I'm sure, as we move ahead into this unknown season that is coronavirus pandemic and church buildings closed. But you know what? The church isn't closed. We're just meeting in a different way. So I want to encourage you, lean into the word now, be encouraged, have your Bibles ready or follow along with scriptures on the screen. And I just want to encourage you to really just allow God to speak to you through his word today. So let's go. I'm starting a new series because this is a whole new environment and I think we need to be encouraged. And this new series is called Thinking for a Change. There it is. I'm starting a new series today and it's called Thinking for a Change. I believe that what God is looking for is change. Perhaps we don't call it change, but perhaps we call it maturity. Uh, we must realize that maturity is really about change. Every one of us wants to mature so that we can be more successful in every area of our lives. In order for us to change, we've got to recognize that change is a process, it's not an event. So change is something that gradually happens. We don't just click our fingers and all of a sudden we've changed. Yes, we can receive Jesus Christ in an instant. That's very true. But change, I believe, is a process walked out uh, in life. Um, it is the process of change that I want to help all of us with in this new and exciting season that we find ourselves in. I believe that the process of change begins with our thinking. The Bible declares in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, it says this, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The way we are is the result of how we think about ourselves. The way other people view us is the result of how we view ourselves. So how we think of ourselves really is important. It really does matter because it is the framework that develops who we are in life. I saw this quote from Brian Houston just this week and it said this, Faith is proactive, fear is reactive, and doubt is inactive. Let's listen to that again. Faith is proactive. Faith's going to go about doing things because you're filled with faith. You're excited. You have trust in our God, faith in our God. And so it's proactive. When we have faith, we do things. We don't just sit around waiting for what's going to happen. Fear is reactive. So there's a lot of fear in the media right now about this coronavirus. A lot of fear in the world. We're driven by fear. And I've been encouraging our church at every opportunity, choose faith, not fear in the midst of this season. But fear is reactive. Fear sees something and runs for the hills. Then doubt. Doubt is inactive. If you've got doubt, you'll sit around and you won't actually do anything. You'll just say, oh, I'm not so sure about that. And you won't take action at all, but you won't, uh, you won't react or do anything either. Doubt is inactive. Let me encourage you to be driven by faith uh, in this challenging season that we find ourselves in. Let's start our journey of change by changing the way we think. And I want us to change our mindsets to a faith mindset in the midst of this season. Remember this, you're never going to change your life until you change the way that you think. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. And I pray that as we delve in and as we discover what you're speaking to us in this season, God, that you would encourage us to change, to develop a new mindset, Father God, around this season. Lord, we may not be gathering 
physically together in church, but we are the church and we are gathering through uh, online connections. So Father, I pray for everyone that is hearing this message today, that they would be encouraged, that they would be blessed, Lord, that their ears would be open. Holy Spirit, use my words today to encourage people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the first thing I want to talk about in regards to change. You are responsible for your thinking. How you think is determined by you. Uh, Proverbs 23 verse 7, we've already looked at it. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, as you think, whatever you think will dictate to what comes out of your heart and therefore out of your life. You have the power over your thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinks, not as his neighbor thinks. So it's not about what others think about you, although that can influence how we think, but we're in control of that. It's as a man thinks. Your thoughts about yourself determine how you view yourself in life. So how you think matters. You know, too many people, uh, too many people are allowing other people's thoughts to determine how they think about themselves. Uh, the thoughts about yourself carry more power than the thoughts of others. Your thoughts about yourself are powerful, okay? They determine how you live your life. Don't allow other people's thoughts to dictate to what you think about yourself. You know what you should allow? Is God's thoughts towards you. Think on those things. God thinks you're incredible. God thinks you're amazing. God has a great plan for your life and the plans are for good, not for evil. So dwell on those thoughts about who God says you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Father God made you and knitted you in your mother's womb. Even before you were born, he had incredible thoughts about you. And so don't let the world tell you what to think about yourself. Allow God to speak into that area. You have the power of choosing which thoughts will impact you the most. Your thoughts about yourself or your thoughts, uh, or others' thoughts about you. Let me say that again. You have the power of choosing which thoughts will impact you the most. Either your thoughts about yourself, or others' thoughts about you. Let me encourage you. Allow your thoughts to be inhabited by God's thoughts. And then that way you'll be thinking good thoughts about yourself, and not letting the thoughts of others drag you down in the midst of whatever it is you're facing. You know, Jesus had to face... This, just like you and just like me. The book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 53 to 57 says this. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his, and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honour except in his own country and in his own house. See, Jesus did not allow the thoughts of others to dictate and determine what he thought about himself. Oh, he's just a carpenter. Oh, isn't he just a local, you know, the son of, of Mary and Joseph? Oh, doesn't he have brothers and sisters that are among us? You know, Jesus always pointed to a higher source, what the Father thought about him. And that's what I'm encouraging, encouraging you with right now, is to think on the thoughts that the Father thinks 
on you. What the Father thought about Jesus is what he drew on. When Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew 16, Who do men say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, Jesus never had an identity problem. Even with controversy around him, he didn't have an identity problem. Jesus was born of a virgin. Is that not controversial? He was the Son of God. He was the Messiah. All these things that were thrown around about him while he was alive were very controversial, but he knew who he was because the Father told him who he was. That's where he drew from his, for his thoughts that filled his heart that made him who he is. You're responsible for your thinking. Let me encourage you. Don't listen to what the neighbour says about you. Don't listen to what they're going on about on social media. Don't let those things bother you. Be solid in who you are because God says who you are. And that's where you draw from uh, in this season when you're thinking about who you are. Okay, so the first point, you're responsible for your thinking. Here's the next one. You're responsible uh, for your thinking. The second one is you reap what you allow to be sown in your heart. You reap, there's the reaping and sowing principle at work here. And you reap what you allow to be sown in your heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so how you think is what you will reap. The heart is the center of who we really are. It's like the epicenter of our makeup. Heart is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the heart is the root of who we really are. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Jesus spoke of the heart being the center of everything. In the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 18 to 19, he says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. You see, out of the heart comes forth all of these things. Here's the point. Life is really made up of internal issues that manifest in outward actions. So what's going on inside replicates itself, reps, replicates, replicates. You know the word I'm trying to say. Reciprocates. There it is. <laughs> Life is really made up of internal issues that manifest in outward actions. What's going on inside of us reciprocates what happens externally. How do these things get sown into our heart? We let the words of others define our self-image. And that's a major problem in this world with social media. It's at us 24-7. We can't get away from it. People are saying what they think. Um, we've got keyboard warriors at work uh, on social media that are very happy to tell you what they think about you uh, or what they think about other people. You know, we let the past, here's another thing, we let the past program us and how we think. So we don't let go of past mistakes or failures or challenges or things that we've faced. We hold on to those things and they uh, affect our inside, infect our internal heart. And it reciprocates in our actions and how we choose to live our life. And the other one is this. We let the world and its ways infect us. And I know there's a, there's a virus going around now and there's fear of being infected. But you know what? There's a greater thing that can infect us and that is the mindset of the world where fear rules and reigns and dominates how we live. I want to encourage you. 
faith, not fear. Allow faith to infect you. Uh, that's going to be the best thing that you can allow to impact your life right now. You know, there's this thing about comparison and contrast. See, comparison is putting yourself against the abilities of others. It's comparing yourself. But it's dangerous because when you're comparing yourself, uh, we always compare our most negative and weak areas with the excellence of others. We take the best bits of other people and the worst bits of us and we do a comparison and we're never going to win that battle. Contrast, on the other hand, is the state of being strikingly different from something else. Uh, and I want to encourage you, don't compare but contrast. Be who you're meant to be in life. Don't try and be the next somebody else. Be the best you. And uh, that's going to go a long way to helping you with what's going on in your heart and the actions that you take in your life. If you quit trying to be someone else, if you quit trying to look like someone else, act like someone else, and just be the best you, uh, that's going to go a long way to you living out the life that God's called you to live. Here's the thing. We let the devil lie and accuse us. We believe his lies. And often they come through what those other people are saying and we believe them. Let's believe in faith what God says about us and that's going to do wonders for the health of our heart. John 8 verse 44 says, When he, that's the devil, lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. So if anyone knows how to lie, it's the enemy. Don't believe his lies. Have faith and believe what God is, is declaring in his word to you. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 uh, also says, For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night. He doesn't cease. Day and night he is at you. He's trying to get control of your mind, will and emotions to impact what's in your heart so that you outwork uh, the wrong um, approach in your life. Faith, not fear. If you cling on to faith, God is going to outwork incredible things in your life. You're responsible for your thinking and you reap what you allow to be sown in your heart. So sow thoughts of faith, sow thoughts of encouragement so that you can reap that in your life. Here's the third one. You must realize why good thinking matters. Good thinking is important and it really matters. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Romans uh, Chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to get to that in a second because everything begins with a thought. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is why good thinking matters. We need to allow our mind to be transformed. We need to go from thinking the way the world thinks, evil thoughts, negative thoughts, we're useless, we're hopeless, but then God says we're incredible, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we need a change of thinking. And so we shouldn't conform to the pattern of the world. When we give our hearts to Jesus, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the reason our mind is renewed is so that what's in our heart is renewed, so that what we outwork in our life is renewed. A life is determined by a series of sowing and reaping. What some have called I guess the harvest principle, sowing and reaping, farmers know about it. We live in a region that has farmers, so we're familiar with this principle. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle and you get to reap a legacy. It all begins with a thought. And this works for us and against us. 
You know, all the great things that are outworked in our life, something was sown to get to that point. But in the same way, all the negative things, all the things that we're attacked by, or the things that we allow to drag us down, they began with a thought as well. And it, and it was reaped in, in the outcome. Let me encourage you to sow a positive thought. Reap a positive action. Sow a positive action and you're going to reap a great habit. Sow a great habit and you're going to reap a phenomenal lifestyle. And if you sow that phenomenal lifestyle, your legacy is going to speak to generations to come in Jesus' name. What we think determines how we feel. Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's dwell on those things. Your thoughts impact your emotions. Many people suffer from depression, not because of a chemical imbalance, but from what I like to call stinking thinking. You know, the way you think will determine whether you have peace and joy in your life. Our thoughts determine our destiny, where we're heading in life. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 and 6 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I don't know about you, but life and peace sounds a way lot better than death to me. I want to trust God with my thoughts and what I think. I want to allow the Holy Spirit within me so that my sinful nature is gone in the name of Jesus and I have a new nature because I've surrendered my life to Him. But if your sinful nature controls your mind, um, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there's no life and peace. We need to let go of that sin and we can't do that in our own strength. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of all sin. And so we need His help to obtain life and peace in this life. Your thoughts will direct your life and be the compass of your future success. If you think you're going to fail, if you think you're a failure, then you know what, you probably will. But why not have a go? Why not trust God? Why not believe that He's given you the skills and abilities to, to take on anything in this life? You know, what you think about will manifest in your daily actions, which will determine your destiny. Your destiny is made up of daily activity, things that you do daily. You know, successful people, they do, they think differently than others. Mark chapter 10 verse 27 says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I want to be on team God. <laughs> all things are possible when you're with Him. So why not trust Him with your life? Why not allow Him to deal with your stinking thinking so that it can be transformed? Your mind can be renewed when you accept Jesus into your heart and you can have new life-giving thinking. In Jesus' name. Successful people always see the solution, not just the problem. If you're one of those kind of people that always sees the problem with things, uh, let me encourage you. Seek God and start to help to believe and, and, and think up solutions or have God reveal to you solutions rather than be that person that always points out the problems. Uh, 
That comes from stinking thinking. You want to point out the problems and things to drag things down. Now, if you had the right mindset by the renewing of your mind, you'd want things to succeed in the name of Jesus. And so you're going to find solutions uh, to problems rather than point out the problems and leave the solutions to someone else. You're responsible for your thinking. You reap what you allow to be sown in your heart. You must realize why good thinking matters. Here's the last one. You can change the way you think. Believe it today. You can change the way you think. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live. Aren't you glad the scripture tells us what to choose? <laughs> choose life. You can determine what you think about. It's your choice. You're in control. What you let your mind think about is what you will become. It's all about choosing to think the right way. And the Bible is so great. God is so gracious. He tells us what that right way is. Choose life. Choose blessing, not cursing. You must challenge the negative thoughts in your mind. You've got to challenge them. You've got to take the fight to them, but not in your own strength. When you surrender your life to Jesus, he goes into battle for you. The Bible talks about the victory already being won by Christ Jesus. And so we just have to believe in him and know that he's gone before us and he's fought for us and he's won the battle for us. And so the victory is already in our mind in Jesus name. And so you overcome those negative thoughts and those things going on in your mind by trusting in Jesus and allowing him to infiltrate your mind transform your mind so that your heart is transformed your mind is renewed your heart is renewed your actions are renewed you're a new creation when you surrender your life to jesus and i can't encourage you more than i am right now to think about surrendering your life to him you must make it a point to check your thoughts don't just mosey on in life and pretend that everything's okay if things aren't right in your mind it impacts your heart it impacts your actions it impacts your life. And so you've got to make a point to check your thoughts. I want to pray for people today uh, that want to meet Jesus. I don't know who's watching this. It could be, it could be anyone in the world. We've, we've gone in as a church to this online realm, which is just so vast. And so I just pray that whoever's watched this message today, Lord, that you would be encouraged uh, to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In a moment, we're going to pray and uh, you're going to be able to click in the chat of this live stream that you are surrendering your life to Jesus. I'd love you to click on that and let us know that you've raised your hand today. But if you're surrendering your life to Jesus today, or perhaps you're rededicating your life to him, we want to connect with you. And so by clicking on that next steps link on the page, you can scroll to the bottom and leave your details. Let us know that you've made that decision and then we'll follow you up. We'd love to connect with you and encourage you in your journey with Jesus. Uh, so would you just bow your heads and close your eyes and we're going to pray together as church family. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone listening to this stream this morning. God, I thank you that uh, we are in the palm of your hand. And Lord, that you have selected people to be listening today on by divine purpose. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, for everyone listening. 
Lord, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would be encouraged to accept you, say yes to Jesus and make you their Lord and Saviour. And so we thank you again for this great gathering right across everywhere that's listening today. And we thank you, Lord, that your hand of blessing is on each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to encourage you, if you are saying yes to Jesus for the first time, or if you're rededicating your life to him, or you know what, church, all of us can say this prayer together. So would you say this after me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Saviour and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Grow my faith and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Today, I say yes to Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've said that for the first time, we want to encourage you. Connect with us. Go to the Next Steps page. Let us know who you are. We'd love to connect with you by a mobile telephone call, maybe by email if that's your preference. But we want to help you on your journey with Jesus. Church, this is exciting times. And uh, there's endless possibilities with what God can do through our church, through this online medium. I just pray that you stay connected, keep loving each other, call each other, pick up the phone and just be there for each other in this season. Stay tuned for new and exciting ways that our church is going to have you connecting with each other as well. And uh, just keep a look on the website and our Facebook page. And thank you for tuning in today. Pray God's blessing over you this week, that his presence would be with you, that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide you, protect you and keep you healthy in Jesus name. Amen.